Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth, host of the Get Well Soon podcast series and creator of the Get Well Soon and What Celebrities Eat coaching programs, helping people heal themselves of chronic illness and persistent symptoms with food and the power of the mind. As a celebrity nutritional chef and holistic psychologist with nearly two decades of experience, I'm so excited to bring you some of the most seasoned professionals in the arena of health and wellness and relationships and psychology. So please share this podcast with anyone that you think might benefit from it. I have interviews with some top names like celebrity nutritionist JJ Virgin on traumatic brain injuries, Chris Wark from Crispy Cancer on what everyone needs to know about cancer, Dr. Kim DeRamo, best-selling author of the Mind Body Toolkit, and so, so much more. Um, so please uh, take a few moments and just leave a review here on iTunes and let us know what you think about the show and please share it with as many people as possible that you think might benefit from it. Uh, so, and thank you so much for listening, of course. Now, today, I'm very excited. I mean, like super excited because I have one of the nicest people ever <laughs> here with me on this podcast. Uh, Wynn Claybaugh is the author of Be Nice or Else, and he has that in parentheses, and I like that he did that. Um, and he's one of the best motivational speakers in the country, according to CNN's Larry King, and I'd say that's a big endorsement. And he wrote the foreword to Wynn's book. Larry King did, that is. He's a national speaker for major corporations and a business owner for more than 30 years with over 16,000 people in his organization. Wynn is the founder, co-owner, and dean of hair care giant Paul Mitchell's school division. Under Wynn's leadership and in keeping with their unique culture of giving back and building self-esteem, the 100 and 10 plus schools in the nationwide network have donated countless volunteer hours and raised more than, are you ready for this number? $15.2 million for multiple charitable organizations. Wow, that's super nice. Wynn has helped thousands of businesses build their brands and create successful working cultures. His clients include Southwest Airlines, the Irvine Company, Vidal Sassoon, Entertainment Tonight, Mattel, For Rent Magazine, Structure Limited and Express, and others. Wynn is a frequent guest on national radio and a regular contributor to online publications. And Wynn is here with us today. So please welcome Wynn Claybaugh to Get Well Soon. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, I, I know you as Dr. Meg. Is that what I get to call you as Dr. Meg? Sure, Dr. Meg, Meg, either one. It's fine. <laughs> I'm very, very honored, especially when you rattle off that list of other people that you have interviewed. I'm very, very honored to be a part of this. I'm glad that you're spreading this amazing message. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm excited that you're a part of it. And, you know, I've been reading your book. Again, it's called Be Nice or Else, in parentheses with an exclamation point. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it was very impressive when I started reading it and I looked at all the endorsements that you have from people like, Betty White and Larry King and Marianne Williamson and Gary Sinise and Marie Osmond and Lisa, Gizmet, Lisa Gibbons and the list goes on and on. And I thought to myself that 
your quest for being nice to others has helped to connect you with some of the nicest people in show business, right? Um, and in the personal development world. Um, and you are an incredibly nice person yourself. As I noticed when I met you, the first thing that you did is you came over with a copy of your book in hand and said, hey, I want to give you a copy of my book. So and I thought, wow, that's really nice. <laughs> so, um, so for you, how did you how did you come to write this book? Well, uh, first of all, I was raised the right way by mom and dad. There were eight kids in my family, and so there was never your own personal space. And so we had to know how to get along with each other. And uh, and then when I started my company over 30 years ago, and as we grew and grew and grew, we had locations where um, I never visited those locations. And so. Mm -hmm. it, if we were dependent upon me to be the the mascot, so to speak, or the person who was going to deliver that message of being nice, which is part of our culture. And I, I strongly believe uh -huh. that every company has a culture. And why not plan what your culture is rather than have it happen by accident? Because oftentimes by default, uh, a culture in a company, in an organization can be mean. It can be uh, toxic and unhealthy. Uh, so, so true. Uh, so true. I mean, that's sort of our... It's sort of an American reputation for corporations these days. So, which I don't get it. I don't get that because study after study proves that when a staff of people are having fun with each other, when they like each other, uh, productivity goes up, profits go up, absenteeism diminishes. And so it's so easy, mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's so easy for any boss, for any manager, any company to create a culture that people want to belong to, where they feel good about their contribution to the company. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, bosses that are really generous to their employees and, and kind and thoughtful and caring, they just have better employees. They want to show up for work. Well, and generosity you know? always have to be that you give them more money. It, it sometimes can be that. But I get it that you know, your, your credit cards are maxed out and your budgets are maxed out. But is your, is your pool for giving love and appreciation and gratitude? Is that maxed out? Did that run dry as well? There's no reason why bosses and and leaders can't be very, very generous in how they uh, let their people know that they matter, that they make a difference in that organization. Absolutely. And, and I, one of the things that I know you say is to practice, uh, practice, practice, practice this nice attitude. I mean, can you say more about that? Absolutely, because it is something that we have to learn. Being nice is a skill set. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and it's something just like learning how to play the piano, uh, yoga, uh, having a good marriage is something that we have to practice. And so to think that, well, I'm either nice or I'm not nice. And if I'm not nice, then there's nothing I can do about it really is is uh, not, a, not a good approach. And so like anything else that, that is a good trait to have, we have to practice, practice. And, and part of that practice process is to get mentors. There's a lot of great mentors out there who live that mm. be nice lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Hence, you're not going to see a mean celebrity endorsing my book. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And the business people who endorse the book are, 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 are people who practice that every single day. And so Mm -hmm. We need the mentors that lead the way, and we need the training. We need the skill set to learn how to be nice. That's that's great that you put it that way. I don't think uh, most people really think of it that way. They might think of it as, you know, this person's either sort of naturally nice, that's their personality. Um, have you, uh, in your travels, met people that really weren't that nice, but you were able to help them shift and change? Oh, yeah, all the time. You know, because I believe that, as Marianne Williamson says, 
everybody is sent to us straight from central casting. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning if, if, if a mean, nasty person enters our world, well, they entered for a reason. They entered because perhaps we're the ones who can diffuse them. We're the ones who can show them a different way. We're the ones who can help them through that difficult situation that causes them in that moment to, to not be nice. But then there's, mm -hmm. there's also our side of what we need to learn. And, and, and if there's two people in a relationship, that means that there's two people who have stuff. There's two people who have lessons to learn. Not only the person who needs to learn how to be nice, but maybe we need to learn how to diffuse people. Maybe we need to learn how to be a better a listener. Maybe we need to, mm -hmm. to learn how to work on our own skill set. And so just realize that when you do come across those people that aren't so nice, guess what? There's a lesson for you in that moment. And, and every lesson comes with the opportunity for growth. Mm, okay. And not to mention those moments when you find yourself being not so nice, <laughs> you know, hey, we all go there, you know, welcome to the human race. I mean, I, you know, I, I wrote a book called be nice, but you better believe I blow it a lot. <laughs> I, uh -huh. I, I get off track a lot, but you know, I, I know what to do in those instances. I'm surrounded by the right people who can remind me of what my true intentions are. They can remind me, Hey, when this is not the real you, you're much better than this. And there's something uh -huh. that you can do when in this moment to fix the problem, to fix the damage that you just did and grow from this, learn the lessons so that you don't repeat this, but then also move forward in a way that, uh, that helps not only me and my relationships, but all the people that I come into contact with. That's excellent. I really like that. Uh, now you mentioned uh, just a minute ago about diffusing people. Can you say more about diffusing someone who's not so nice? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I remember this, this great story of uh, a uh, uh, flight attendant, uh, a passenger boarding the plane, and, and, and the passenger was just, you know, mean and rude and impatient and slamming his luggage and everything. And uh, when the flight attendant came around later on for a sandwich and said, you know, here was like a sandwich. And the passenger said, this isn't a sandwich. This is a bad sandwich. And so the flight attendant mm. pointed her finger at the sandwich and said, bad sandwich, bad sandwich. <laughs> Shame the sandwich. Yeah. And, and in that moment, in that moment that the passenger laughed, you know, it's just little simple ways. I remember being on a, a flight. It seems like a lot of my stories are on airplanes because that's where we spend a lot of our time. Uh, I remember being on, on a plane where it was delay after delay, mechanical, missing meetings, missing gigs, no sleep. And by the last flight, you know, three o'clock in the morning where I'm ready to launch my letter writing campaign against this airline for how they have abused me for the last 24 hours. All of a sudden I smelled chocolate chip cookies, meaning the flight attendants, that wasn't their job. That wasn't part of, you know, what they were supposed to do to, to, to finish the flight that night. But they thought, you know what, this is a, a plane full of passengers who have had a really bad day. Let's diffuse them by baking fresh chocolate chip cookies. And that one stupid little cookie just made me want to completely abandon my bad letter writing campaign. So, you know, there's uh -huh. that. Well, that's satisfying the inner child in you that was very emotionally upset and said, I want a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's great. I love that example. I think it's just so easy for us to want to uh, uh, attack when, when somebody mm -hmm. is showing that other side of themselves. And again, we all go there, but somebody's showing that other side of themselves. It's just so easy for us to judge and attack rather than just have compassion and, and to listen and to yes. ask them, you know, what's, what's going on? Is there, is there something that I can do? 
in this right, moment. Right. So you, you'd be surprised how that silly, easily diffused somebody, unless they've sworn their 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 lifestyle to to meanness, which is just a bad habit, like smoking or being lazy. Being mean is a bad habit. That and all bad habits should be broken. But you know, mm-hmm. just people have bad days. They have bad days, and we need to learn how to accept that and help them diffuse that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great strategy um, for being nice. Now, um, of course, get well soon is about feeling better and getting well. And um, is there a relationship between nice and feeling your best? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, when I'm having a bad day, a, a little simple thing that I do, I'll go to a mall or to a public place, and I'll just kind of walk up and down and. I'm not saying it out loud, but in my mind, when I pass people, I'm saying, in my mind, I'm saying things like, I send you love, I send you great energy, I send mm-hmm. you forgiveness. I Just in my mind, I'm just saying that to people. Yes. And you'd, you'd be surprised at how just little simple ideas, simple behaviors like that can help us diffuse. And you know, when you, when you feel happy, when you feel at your best, when you feel like being nice, um, you, you, you better believe you, you, help, you hold your head high, People notice that mm-hmm. when you're in a bad mood, people come up and say, you know, do you look all right today? <laughs> <laughs> you don't look very good. My, you my pet people so tell you that you're like, I got to go home because I don't feel very good. But you know, yeah. the opposite is true as well. Yeah. We talk about that a lot on this show is that relationship between how you're feeling emotionally and how you're feeling physically and how that contributes to illness or wellness. So um, the be nice strategy, I think is, is uh, critical to this. Now, one of the things that I was thinking about is um, there's, I think there's a distinction. A lot of people think of being nice as you're going to get run over. Nice guys finish last. Can you speak to those? You better believe it. And uh, (laughs) I, the first part of my book is all about diffusing those myths because there is the myth that if I want to get the job done, I have to be mean. I have to be aggressive. Uh, that if, if, if I'm nice, people will walk all over me. You know, being nice means that I have to talk in a really soft voice and wear pastel colors. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know what? You can, you can break up with somebody and be nice about it. You can fire someone and still be nice about it. You can disagree with somebody, state your opinion, and still be nice about it. And unfortunately, our society has reality shows where everybody's mean to each other. There's, I don't know uh, that there's too many reality shows where everybody's really nice because that's not supposedly that's not entertaining for people. It's, it's, it's more entertaining when, when people are mean and nasty and ugly. And um, I, you know, we, we need to work on undoing that. So um, uh, can I tell you a really quick story? Sure, please do. My good friend CW tells the story that he's in the airport and he's waiting for a delayed flight. And all the passengers are patiently waiting for this delayed flight, except Mm -hmm. for this one man who for some reason was really upset over this delayed flight. So, and he was loudly aggressive and and mean to the poor flight attendant who obviously had no control over why this flight was delayed, but he was again, aggressive toward this woman. So my friend Mm -hmm. watching this happen, comes up to this abusive man, taps him on the shoulder and says, "Uh, excuse me, sir, but can I have your autograph? And the abusive man stepped back and he said, why do you want my autograph? <laughs> and my friend said, because I've never met the center of the universe before. Jeez, <laughs> oh, what did the guy do? I, you know, I never not got that part of the story. <laughs> but how many, how many times do we all feel like th- that we want to do that as well? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. But if you think about it too, I mean, if somebody did say that to you, I mean, it would kind of make you stop and just kind of go, Oh, oh wait a minute. Well, I, I'm in the beauty industry, wow. and they say that 80% of the beauty industry is women. And so my, my best teachers, my best mentors have pretty much always been women. But what mm-hmm. I've observed sometime is that if, if a woman is aggressive and smart and a go-getter in business, she's called the B word. Yeah. Whereas a, yeah. a man is aggressive and, and, you know, he's, he's called a go-getter. He's called, you know, wow, mm-hmm. he's really about getting the job done. And right. I think what, that we really, really need to have a shift there in, in the labels that we put onto people and, uh, and, and also send out the, the good, strong message that you can be about business, you can get the job done, you can be respected, and yet still be nice. And by the way, mm-hmm. if we're talking about a boss, a manager, uh-huh. why would you only want to engage your employee's time? You know, when you're not nice, when you don't uh, compliment them, when you, when you don't show appreciation you don't know anything about their personal lives and you, mm. you care less about their personal lives. All you've done is engaged their time from nine to five. You've engaged mm. time. There's that, there's that joke where the man's taking a tour of a warehouse and he, he asks the, the owner of the warehouse, oh, so how many people work here? And the owner mm-hmm. responds with, oh, about half. <laughs> Gosh. Meaning people aren't engaged. So they're showing up physically to work. They're clocking in, they're clocking out, but you're not getting the best of them. So yeah, again, when exactly. you're a nice boss and there's, there's a skill set for that, you have to learn it the same as you would learn anything in life. You want to get good at it, learn the skill set. And when you can yeah. do that, you're not engaging just their time. You're engaging their hearts, their minds, their souls. And boy, yeah. the performance that you can get out of your people when you engage them that way is just unbelievable. Well, that creates a sense of community, community. And I think so many people don't feel like they belong to anything. And if you feel like you belong in your workplace, I mean, wow, you know what? that's powerful. Meg, you, you hit it on the head because I don't believe that employees just work for a company. They join a company. I don't believe mm-hmm. that in, uh, customers spend money with the company, with the store. They join that company. People want something to belong to, something that's bigger than themselves. And so yeah. when, when a company can create that type of a culture, a safe, loving culture where people mm-hmm. feel like, wow, I belong here. This is where I feel safe. Boy, watch what will happen wow. to your profitability. Ah, yeah, of course it'll go. It would skyrocket. Yeah. Now you've been doing this this, uh, I, I think of it as your be nice revolution. <laughs> um, and you've been doing this a long time now. I mean, have you seen a shift in, uh, overall niceness in the, the, um, culture? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure we all believe in the law of attraction that what you put out there comes back to you. What, yes. what you focus on starts to grow. Like you have a, you have a goal to buy a, a red car. All of a sudden there are red cars everywhere. Oh boy, that just happened to me recently. <laughs> yes. If, if you have a belief system that people are mean and nasty and ugly, guess what? You're going to attract a lot of mean, nasty, and ugly people. Your experiences every single day will revolve around that. But if you change your focus, what are you focusing on? And if you mm-hmm. focus on problems at work, problems at home, guess what? You will absolutely find them. And then you're going to end your day feeling tired and 
miserable and dumped on or switch your focus. And if you chose to focus on celebrations, if you choose to focus on the people who are nice, the people who are generous, the people who are doing a good job, guess what? Not only will you attract more people like that, you'll actually start to develop those same skills in yourself. Because again, what you focus on starts to grow. And so, yeah, you better believe when we focus on that within the organization and this be nice revolution, as I like to talk about it, mm -hmm. uh, we start seeing more of that. Simple example, we could have a bad experience in a restaurant and we go out of our ways to make phone calls, to send emails, to post on Yelp, you know, uh -huh. our dissatisfaction. Yet how many times do we have a really nice waiter or waitress? How many times do we have a nice experience at a store, at a restaurant, and we don't yeah. do anything about it? We don't, we don't go on the letter writing campaign. We yeah, go on to exactly. Yelp and say, wow, that was a great, great experience. And so, so unfortunately, then our experiences will be all revolved around horrible, nasty experiences. And so, again, it's just yeah, a switch of focus, so and that's part of the revolution. Let's, let's start honoring and celebrating mm -hmm. niceness rather than watching TV shows and reality shows where everybody's really mean to each other. Absolutely. I really like that. And you know, we talk about this a lot in, in wellness is focusing on, on your wellness, focusing on seeing yourself being well, on attracting the things that are going to help you make that goal. So it's very, it's the same thing and being kind, being nice. Um, so one of the things that you talk about in your book I wanted to bring up that I really like this concept is the bitch buddy. Can you talk about the bitch buddy? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, uh, chapter five in my book is titled, What You Do When You Blow It and You Will. <laughs> and we're all going to blow this thing. We're all going to you know, wake up and a million dollars couldn't turn us into a nice person. So we're all going to make our mistakes. And so what I created is what I call the bitch buddy which mm -hmm. is basically we all need that one person that we can go to. And I even put in the guidelines and a contract is in my book of how you're going to find that person and the agreement that you have with each other uh, to be a bitch buddy. So if I can share just a few with you. Oh, please do. So yeah, that'd be great. The, the bitch buddy promise says you can complain, moan, whine, and bitch to me on those days when you need to get mean, nasty, and ugly. Uh -huh. I promise not to judge or think less of you, you need to express yourself. I promise that I will not do anything with the information you share. And that's an important one because, you know, somebody has a bad day and we want to go tell everybody else about it. Oh my gosh. It's so important to, uh, to keep that to yourself and keep that trust in the relationship. Um, I like this one. I promise that I will not give you advice or feedback unless you ask me to. Because again, sometimes we just want to get it out. I'm not looking for advice. I know where I got off track. Sometimes I just want to get it out. Yeah, there's nothing to fix here. I just need to say it. <laughs> I promise that I will not hold the information against you later. Because guess what? Tomorrow, I'm going to be back to my nice, usual self. I don't need for you to come along and say, yeah, but yesterday, boy, you were a bitch on wheels, you know? Uh -huh. exactly. And then the last one is when you request a bitching session, I promise to hold back my personal complaints and woes for another bitching session at another time. Because you know what happens is, is we want to talk that, oh, you think you're bad, your day was bad? Wait to hear what happened to me. And you felt like the person just diffused everything that you were trying to get out. Right. That's true. And it, it sort of makes it not as important. And yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. That makes oh, sense. Oh, by the way, Dr. Meg, you only get one bitch buddy. <laughs> oh, I like that. So, so would you choose, would you choose your spouse, your best friend? It all depends. Or? It all depends. You know, some, some, some marriages are not set up that way and that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying some marriages might want to be more um, sensitive in that area. You know, so it might be a, a friend at work. It might be a friend that you've known since childhood, but just choose wisely who your bitch buddy is. And again, you only get one because if, like they say, if you complain to more than one person, you know, half thinks you deserve it and the other half don't want to live, listen to you. <sighs> okay. Well, that's a good point too. And then you can also get that uh, reputation for being the complainer. And that's not a good one either. That's a, that's as bad as the uh, being the the jerk. <laughs> you know? Another bad habit that we need to break. Exactly. So, so yeah, so I guess taking a lot of these bad habits um, and we can shift them consciously to being nice to others, being nice to self. Let's talk about that. Okay. One of the challenges that I give to people is to fall madly in love with themselves. And sometimes I can say that in front of a group of people in a seminar and, and half the people are almost offended that I would even make that recommendation. How dare you yeah. tell me that I should fall in love with myself? Yes. Well, there, as a therapist, I get that same look from people. Well, what do you mean? Oh my God. That's <laughs> anyway, go on. We're, say more we're about talking that. about ego is, you know, cause ego is mm -hmm. not a sign of self-esteem. It's the exact opposite of that. But mm -hmm. falling in love with yourself is a gift that you give to other people. I mean, when you fall in love with yourself, you're, you're, you're a better spouse. You're a better parent. You're a better friend. You're a better neighbor. And people want to be around somebody like that, somebody who feels good about themselves. Because when you feel good about yourself, you want other people to feel good about themselves. Is that, and that's what we mean by falling in love with yourself. And by the way, I was taught to believe that love is a verb, which means action. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're in a loving relationship with somebody, it's not enough to just tell them that you love them. You have to show them through your action. Well, guess what? Yes. This, this applies to you as well. It, it, it applies to us falling in love with ourselves. We have to do things. We have to do loving things in yes. order to fall in love with ourselves. You know, people say that they love fresh flowers. And so they're waiting for somebody to send them fresh flowers. Uh -huh. And they're pissed at that person for not sending. And I, and I say, well, then send yourself some flowers. Exactly. I've done that before. I did that for years where I would just go to the farmer's market and buy myself flowers. And it felt so good that I was treating myself in that regard. It, 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 so, yeah. It's supposed to be that simple. Like. I'm sure you feel better about yourself when you're driving around in a clean car, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll drive a dirty car for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to steal your car, wash it and bring it back. These are the things that we have to do to stay <laughs> exactly madly in love with ourselves. Because again, that's the gift that we give to everybody else. Our personal love, our mm -hmm. self-esteem is the gift that we give to the planet. That's great. That's so true. I mean, it's the, you know, as Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Um, and that's, you know, that starts with you and how you treat yourself. So, and those are really the things that you just lined out are actually, uh, pretty simple things that you can do for you. They're really self care measures. It sounds like it's, it's, and it's, and I'm glad you said it that way. It's supposed to be simple. People think that this is supposed to be so complicated. You know, it's mm. supposed to be simple falling in love with yourself and doing what it takes every single day to maintain that healthy relationship with yourself means that you're eating a good breakfast every morning. It means that you're getting more than eight hours of sleep every night. 
It means that you're doing some type of exercise or, or movement or stretching every single day. It means that you're treating yourself out to fine dining restaurants or a bottle of wine or whatever mm -hmm. it is that, that makes you feel wonderful about yourself. It means that you have that quantity and quality time with your kids. I have a four-year-old daughter. And if oh. I miss that time with her, you know, not only is she affected by it, you better believe I'm affected by it too. I'm not feeling good about myself. I'm yeah. the best day that I can possibly have. If I felt like, well, I don't need to invest that time with her today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you make that a priority um, of loving her brings love to you. You know, if you were to ask a successful person to name one thing that they did to get rich, to be financially successful, name one thing. They mm -hmm. could not name any things that they did consistently for years and years and years. And all those little tiny, simple things added up to financial success. Well, guess what? The same thing applies to this. Because you know what, Dr. Meg? People are thinking mm -hmm. that there's some mystery pill out there, that there's some secret that Dr. Meg is withholding from them. And if you would give them that one secret, they could live the life of bliss. It doesn't work that way. People mm -hmm. who are truly happy long-term, healthy long-term, it's because they do a whole bunch of little tiny things consistently on a regular mm -hmm. basis. And it's those little tiny things that add up to the life mm -hmm. that you want. Yes, absolutely. And those little tiny things of self-care. We're constantly talking about that in my community. Um, because I mean, it's when you get to that point where you where you are sick, especially with, as women, I, we get, uh, we often figure out that, hey, we did everything for everyone else and didn't really do anything for us. Um, and I'm sure that you see that a lot. Well, I think a lot of women were taught that, that you're not supposed to care about yourself, care about everybody else. You're being selfish here. Worry about everybody else's problems. Well, sounds sounds noble, but you can't give what you don't have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You also have another tool that you help people learn some of the secrets of success with um, called the Master's Audio Club. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking me about it. Um, I started it over uh, 20 years ago. It was originally designed uh, exclusively for the beauty industry. And mm -hmm. so the, the, a lot of the people that I interviewed back then and still to this day are famous within the beauty industry. They're famous manufacturers or hairdressers or you know, business, mm -hmm. business owners. Um, but I've also expanded outside of that circle. And so every single month, again, for over 20 years, I, I produce a 70-minute a interview where I get to wow. sit down and, and interview people like what you and I are doing right now. And, uh, and I send that mm -hmm. out to my subscribers all over the world. And I've had the chance to interview people like uh, uh, the president of Southwest Airlines, Colleen Barrett, which is just this powerhouse, oh. amazing, amazing woman. I've interviewed Gary Thanks. Sinise about uh, his, uh -huh. his foundation, which builds smart homes for our wounded heroes. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. I've interviewed, uh, you know, quite a few amazing, amazing people. The first mm -hmm. person I interviewed was Vidal Sassoon because I thought if Vidal wow. Sassoon says yes to me, who's going to say no? <laughs> ah, I know. You know, I saw that on your list of clients and I thought, wow, Paul Mitchell and Vidal Sassoon, like he's your client. Like, wow, that's pretty awesome because you would look at that and think, oh, well, they're competitors. Why would they collaborate? But yeah, I never, I never got that competitor thing. You know, I, I would rather have yep. 10 good businesses as my so-called competitors than 10 bad ones. And, and yep. I'd rather have, if I was a restaurant owner, I'd rather have 10 good restaurants in my neighborhood than 10 bad restaurants. Yeah, 
Exactly. Exactly. And I like that the idea. I'm with you completely on that. I've never liked competition. I've always liked cooperation and collaboration. Well, it's, our, our, it's, it's nature to collaborate. It is mm-hmm. anti-nature to not collaborate. Yes. Look at nature. Nature is about collaboration. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the butterfly isn't going to turn away from the flower <laughs> because, yeah. you know, for whatever, you know. Yeah. That's that's a very well well put. Um, um I actually just uh it's it's on my uh my website and I for the first time in twenty years I actually posted this interview for free because the impact of it was just so powerful and I got such a huge response from my subscribers and people kept on saying, When you need to get this out to everybody and it was uh I interviewed a woman who calls herself a um suicide prevention activist and her uh, just her message on, on mental illness, on uh, what we can do as individuals to create safe places for people who struggle with mental illnesses and thoughts of suicide. And it was, it was just so, so powerful. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that once a month I have that platform. I have that opportunity to bring these incredible voices and stories and ideas yeah. to this audience. That's wonderful. Oh my gosh. And that'll be so helpful to my audience as well to have resources like what you're putting out into the world. This is great. So how can people get in touch with you, get your book, get the master's audio club, all of that. They can just go to my uh, website, which is winclaybaugh.com. So W I N N C L A Y B A U G H.com. And on there is a, information about my book and about masters and about uh, the philanthropy work that we do and and uh, and the other roles that I have the fortune fortunate uh, opportunity to play in this beautiful life yay awesome I love that you see it as a beautiful life I tell people all the time the more you can see your life is beautiful the more beautiful it gets yeah, I love what oh, you're doing. I just, I just, I'm just so proud, especially since you've been so proactive in addressing the, 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 the food side of this. Yeah, you know, what we put into our bodies, you know, because I know some very wonderful, nice, nice people, and I, and I mm-hmm. just think, gosh, but that one element of your diet and of your exercise, you know, you're just, if you, if you could just master that one, it would just be, complete. yeah, so good for you. Yeah. And I mean, to talk about a measure of self-love, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people will look at me and, and, you know, I'm very careful about what I put into my body and they may think, well, she's so fearful and it's not that at all. When I look at that beautiful piece of basil, you know, that basil plant, I see a beautiful high vibrational living thing that's going to help me live a better life you know well, that's, so that that's, just, that's not fear-based that's loving based. that's love-based <laughs> exactly i'm like this is how i'm loving myself so i'm not it's i'm not afraid of the chemicals i just don't want to put them in my body <laughs> you know i, I know what they do yeah, so yeah. anyway so I'll, i appreciate I'll be down that. that road <laughs> yeah exactly so um anyway i love having you on here we've had i've had just the best time with you um it's just, I feel really happy just being in your presence. Uh, and I encourage everybody to find people that make you feel that way <laughs> and hang out with them. Well, I, I agree. And, and it's, you know, this is a great opportunity to have this resource available to people. But if, if people look 
hard enough, they're they're gonna find the resources out there. Like like TED Talks. How much do we love TED Talks? Oh my gosh, they're so fantastic, right? <laughs> my computer, I'm like, I, I'll listen to two or three a day while I'm working on my email. Just sit there and you know, uh, go on YouTube and pull up any topic under TED Talk, and that just keeps me going for the day. That's great. That's a great suggestion too for um, inspiration, uplifting, education, all of that. So all very important things. So um, is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with in your Be Nice Revolution? Um, you know what? Just just gratitude that you gave me this opportunity to, to share some of my ideas and share my story. And, and I just challenge people to, uh, uh, to, to simplify their lives because this is a, an easier way of life. You know, being mean, nasty, and ugly is, takes a lot of energy. I remember, you know, holding a grudge with this one person for so many years and somebody called me on it. Don't you hate it when people call you on your own stuff? Yeah. Yeah. However, boy, do you make some great changes from that? <laughs> well, I, I think about this, like, you know, when you wrote this book, but you know, you're, you, you've been holding this grudge against this person for so long and you know that he was right. And so when I finally made that phone call and, and said, let's get together, he then asked me, so was it difficult to make that call? And my answer was no, it was actually really easy. What was mm -hmm. difficult was holding on to that anger for so many years. That was so difficult. So this, this way of life that you're professing, that I'm sharing, that so many others are, it's an easier way of life. It's an easier much, way of life. Much, much. You'll, oh gosh, your happiness level, just I call it your happiness quotient, goes up dramatically <laughs> when, when you're just kind to yourself and others. So thank you again so much for being here. Um, again, Wynn's website is winclaybaugh.com, W-I-N-N-C-L-A-Y-B-A-U-G-H.com. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast series. And if you have a chronic illness like diabetes, fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, or cancer, or maybe you just have some sort of pers persistent symptom like migraine headaches, skin rashes, a cough that just won't go away, if you have any of those, I would love to work with you and help you get well soon. So just find me on Facebook under Meg Hayworth. Message me, join my private wellness community on Facebook, also called Get Well Soon, or check me out at meghayworth.com. And please just take a moment to leave a review here on iTunes, and we'll so appreciate it. And just share this with as many people as possible, getting that Be Nice revolution out into the world even further. Thank you so much for listening, and remember that food can heal you or food can kill you. The choice is up to you. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth. Thank you for listening to Get Well Soon. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.